Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, it's Barks and Brews. The Humane Society of Hancock County is teaming with Findlay Brewing for a fundraiser this weekend. We'll get details. Also this morning, one to add to your summer reading list, the dream vacation that becomes a nightmare. An exotic resort turns deadly for American tourists in the novel Murder at the Olympiad. And with summer officially here now, we have some expert advice to make you the undisputed grill master of your neighborhood. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022. Today is, and it's almost like Mother Nature knew this, uh, it is HVAC Tech Day. (laughs) So a big salute to all of those people who work on your air conditioning units. (laughs) HVAC Tech Day today. How appropriate is that? It is also National Onion Rings Day, National Chocolate Eclair Day, so... Take some chocolate eclairs and onion rings to your favorite HVAC tech today. Uh, It is World Rainforest Day. And this is my favorite observance of the day. It is Stupid Guy Thing Day today. (laughs) Celebrate all of those stupid guy things. Reasons to celebrate important observances to know today. So if you are worried about keeping cool, we are mentioning is going to be another scorcher today. Not quite as hot as yesterday, but still plenty warm. Some of the expert tips for beating the heat. Stay out of direct sunlight, obviously. Uh, use, use a fan if you have an air conditioner or not. Uh, using a fan, either way, will help you stay cool and move that cool air even if you have a uh, an air conditioner turning on the fans make it even more efficient eating hydrating foods like fruits uh these are all things that you've probably heard of right but eating smaller meals in the afternoon can also provide a cooling effect dr mark conroy says digestion heats up the body And thus, it is best to eat a larger breakfast on days when it's going to be really hot. You eat a big meal in the morning before it warms up. Although, this morning, we start out at 80 degrees. It's already warm, but you get the idea. Before the heat of the day kicks in, have a large meal early for breakfast, and then a larger dinner at night after it has begun to cool down. And in the middle of the day, you either don't eat or you eat very minimally uh, to make sure that your body doesn't have to digest a big meal. So because it heats your body up. There you go. You're welcome. Um, Speaking of uh, people doing things uh, to uh, stay healthy, this was kind of interesting. I saw in the uh, Newswire this morning, among the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, researchers from Northwestern University say if you are among the millions of people 
who take vitamins and supplements to improve your health, forget about it. It's just a waste of money. That's what they, uh, that's what they say in this new study. The health benefits, they say, are mainly in your mind. And some of the vitamins and supplements that people take may even do more harm than good. According to the CDC, nearly 6 in 10 Americans regular, regularly uh, took dietary supplements in 2018. Last year, America's spent, uh, Americans spent nearly $50 billion on vitamins and supplements. This is a huge industry. However, this uh, Northwestern University research team says there is no magic set of pills to keep you healthy. Instead, diet and exercise, still the key to good health. So there you go. Take that for what you will. Trying to beat the heat uh, in the in the pool. Um, have you ever, now be honest, have you ever peed in the pool? Be honest now. Have you ever done that? Well, it's going to cost you if you do that in Spain now. The city of Vigo, in the northwestern region of Spain, uh, they want to end the practice of people urinating, relieving themselves while having a swim by imposing a fine of 750 euros for anyone who is caught relieving themselves in the water. And apparently, uh, this is not just in swimming pools, but also uh, at the beach, uh, in, in the ocean. You would think that the ocean could handle it. <laughs> I mean, how do dolphins do it? Uh, anyway, I'm not advocating for this. I'm not advocating for relieving yourself in the water, you understand. But it seems like in the ocean, it would be less of a big deal than, you know, in a municipal pool or something like that. Nonetheless, uh, this report says that uh, details of exactly how the rule were, will be enforced <laughs> are, are unknown. But that's the 750 euro fine. Isn't that something like 650 bucks or some such? I mean, it's pretty, pretty hefty fine. Yeah. Uh, again, in a swimming pool, all for it. In the ocean? Yeah. I don't know. Be honest. Have you ever done that? You don't have to you don't have to admit it out loud. Um this is big news. I saw this on the uh, newswire and I this absolutely caught my attention. It says a, a large sunspot facing towards Earth uh could cause radio blackouts if it bursts. Scientists are watching a dark spot on the surface of the sun that has doubled in size in just the past week. They say it could result in a solar flare that contains high amounts of radiation and magnetic energy. And that flare might impact the upper levels of Earth's atmosphere that are used for communication signals, which in turn could lead to radio and navigation system blackouts. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, Estimates there is a 10% chance of such a flare happening soon. So, uh, just be aware that there is this solar flare that if it uh, bursts, it could cause a complete uh, blackout and complete radio silence uh, at a moment's notice. So, you never know if...
I'm sorry, what was that? Was it... <laughs> just kidding. <clears throat> Did I get you there for just a second? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, and how about this? An interesting story uh, that is uh, making headlines this morning. You might have heard about this. The Biden administration is reportedly set to announce that it will require that nicotine levels in cigarettes be significantly reduced to non-addictive levels. This is according to media reports out yesterday. The Wall Street Journal, which first reported the story, said the effort is expected to take several years, which could be further delayed or even blocked by legal challenges or by a future administration that opposes it, The tobacco industry, of course, rejects findings that say reducing nicotine, which is addictive, would reduce smoking, charging that people would instead smoke more. So I guess there is some logic to that uh, as well. Uh, If uh, smokers want to get their nicotine fixed, they actually have to smoke more, which could be counterproductive. Um, But the idea is not to create a new generation of nicotine addicts. This goes hand in hand with the administration's previously stated goal of making menthol cigarettes illegal here in the near future. Uh, Just under 14% of all American adults are cigarette smokers, according to the CDC. Also says smoking is responsible for 480,000 deaths a year in the U.S. Um, The immediate thing that I thought about uh, in in all of this, uh, not that I don't think that it's a good thing, to reduce smoking, um, even to eliminate smoking in the future. However, keep in mind that there is um, a fallout from this. It has nothing to do with health and uh, tobacco use and, and all of that. You know that there are an awful lot of things that get built in this country uh, through the imposition of tobacco taxes. I'm thinking sports stadiums, um, big uh, theaters, uh, things like public projects. When some sports team gets it in their mind that they need a new stadium and that uh, the city has to pay for it or they're going to move someplace out, right? Um, I think every city has dealt with this quite often. What they will do to come up with the money because people don't want tax dollars spent uh, on, you know, multi-million dollar, even billion dollar sports stadiums, what they will often do is impose cigarette taxes locally, and they will help pay for or completely pay for uh, these big projects that everybody wants, but nobody wants to pay for. And uh, if you, you know, the more, again, this is not, uh, and I'm not advocating uh, for this, but there is a fallout that uh, will have to be dealt with. Uh, the more you reduce or even eliminate smoking in the future, I have to come up with other ways of funding those big stadium projects and other things like that that everybody wants. Nobody wants to pay for. Be interesting to see moving forward how that uh, is affected in all of this. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Wednesday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly to mostly sunny skies today, high of 93. Just a few clouds possible tonight, a low of 65. 
The bulk of funding for the Eagle Creek Floodwater Storage Basin Project is now in place. Tim Miley, director of Finley-Hancock County Economic Development, says the basin combined with other projects will reduce 100-year flood levels by about three feet. Think about the 2007 flood or 2009 or the 2013 or 2017 flood. And if you were impacted, think about what that would do lowering it. And um, you quickly realize how important this is. Get more on the basin and other local flood mitigation efforts on the website. A judge in Northwest Ohio has been removed from the bench due to his courtroom conduct. According to the Seneca County Bar Association, Tiffin City Council voted to remove Mark Rep from his position with the Tiffin Fostoria Municipal Court. The Ohio Supreme Court suspended Rep in June of last year for a 2020 incident where a woman was observing her boyfriend's case in court. According to court documents, Rep called the woman a drug addict and ordered her to take a drug test, a pregnancy test, and an MRI to determine if she was hiding drugs. Tracy Townsend, ONN News. We stopped by Camp 911 as the youngsters were learning fire safety from the Finley Fire Department. When the smoke alarm goes off, we crawl over to the door and we touch it with the back of our hand. If it's hot, where do we go? Out the window. Out the window, that's right. Camp 911 is an interactive safety camp for kids entering kindergarten. This week's activities will also include life flight helicopters, police dogs, and much more. See video on the website. The Ohio State Buckeyes have received a commitment from another of the nation's top high school football players. Brandon Innes is ranked number 18 overall in the country and the number two receiver for the class of 2023. The star receiver from Fort Lauderdale plays on the same seven-on-seven team as fellow five-star receiver Carnell Tate, who also committed to become a Buckeye this week. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. I'm Matt Demchek with 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. So happening around town this weekend, it is Barks and Brews, the Humane Society of Hancock County, teaming with the Findlay Brewing Company for a fundraiser. And uh, joining us this morning with uh, more details on that, and uh, she's brought a friend with us, uh, Natalie Reffitt, the Humane Society, and uh, Su- uh, Sarah Foltz, the Finley Brewing Company. Thank you both for uh, being with us. Natalie, uh, you brought us a, you brought in a cat. We're I talking did. barks I and know, brews, and you brought a kitty. Because we had to be equal opportunity. I see. Yeah, I see. so yes, no cats the... allowed on Sunday, but... <laughs> We don't want to. Yes, we, we don't, don't want, want to leave, leave the cats out. out. Okay, yes. all right, that uh, that works. <laughs> Sarah, tell us about this. This is uh, what the third this time is you've done second, second, second one. Okay, was really brought back by popular demand. It was so cool to see the first year we tried this event. It was something a little different, but to see our beer garden at Finley Brewing and throughout East Crawford Street full yeah, of. It- Yeah, it was so neat to see. Um, So we're bringing it back bigger and better than ever. Um, Collaborating with the Humane Society has been absolutely wonderful. And we're going to have all of East Crawford Street um, down to our our facility closed mm-hmm. off so that it's a little bit more comfortable. You don't have to stay just to the sidewalk. And this gives the, the dog owners a chance, too, to enjoy a beverage and adore a cup and also play games and yeah. get prizes for their dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the proceeds will benefit the Humane Society. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and what? Uh, how will you put funds like that to use for that? Really, really anything, Chris. So, like, if we need food, like, if we need, like... Um, 
pets that have special diets. Mm-hmm. So we do get a lot of food donated, but like their prescription food, we don't get donated. So we have to buy that. So that could go to that. It could go to our vaccinations, our spay and neuter costs, our flea treatment, our heartworm preventative for dogs. It really can go to pretty much anything. Yeah, the reason we bring that up is because I think a lot of times people don't realize just how uh, expensive it is to uh, run the shelter. It is. It's definitely expensive because we don't just have one pet or even the pets that we have available for adoption. We have so many more. We have about 50 cats in foster right now. So those are working their way back through the system, which means we're vaccinating them, spaying and neutering them. And then they'll be available for adoption. Yeah. Um, I, I think of how much it costs to, you know, feed and care for my pets. I have two <laughs> right. dogs at home. Yeah. I can't even imagine having 50 animals. <laughs> right. and, you know what that's going to uh, that's going to cost. And it, it sounds like who do you have here, by the way? Her name is Reese's. Reese's. And uh, she definitely wants in on this. <laughs> she uh, does. The sound of yes. She is very. How old is she? She's two years and eight months old. Two years and eight months old. Yeah, and why is she at the shelter? Her own, She got owner surrendered because her owner moved to a place that only allowed one pet. Ah. So Reese's, okay. yes, is looking for a home for with us. And she doesn't really like other cats, though. So she probably, yeah, she probably would be okay with like a smaller dog that she could kind of bully, but <laughs> not like a bigger one. But yeah, so. No one she could play with, not bully. <laughs> I mean, play with, yes. yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we all know how, how cats are, <laughs> yeah, so. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and she is available uh, right now. She is available right now, and our cat adoption fee is $30, and that includes their um, vaccinations, their spay and neuter, a free office visit to one of 10 local vets. So, yeah. And uh, also a lot of uh, dogs uh, up for adoption. This is not an adoption event. The Barks and Brews is not an adoption event, right? Correct. It's more of a fundraiser, but also an awareness. Because even if you don't have your own dog to attend this event, come and hang out at Finley Brewing Company that day. Mm -hmm. Watch what it's all about. It's so fun to watch. And then hopefully you'll keep in mind, like, I want to participate next year. I'm going to go to the Humane Society if you're thinking about getting a pet right now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yes. Because like Sarah said, even if you don't have your own pet, I mean, there are ways that you can help out the shelter you can volunteer you can you know volunteer for events like that or volunteer to spend actual time with the pets in our facility yeah that's a that's a great way if you can't own a pet maybe yes. you live someplace where you can't have a pet it's a, a great way of sharing uh, a little bit of time and yeah, reducing a little stress yes. and all, all of that by the way a couple of other things we want to mention uh while we're on the subject of uh, pets obviously it's been very uh, hot uh, this week so hot. it's been really a hot summer yeah got to be really be careful with you, our pets you definitely do if you if your dog likes to normally go places with you which my dog does too mm-hmm. don't take them i know their little eyes are like oh please take me <laughs> do not take them if you have to run into the store for any amount of time just don't take them because it gets so hot in the car and they can yeah. pass away yeah very quickly so, yes yeah. so if anyone sees a pet left in a car please contact us at 419-423-1664 We'll let you speak to animal control, and animal control will get out there. Also, if your pets are going to be spending any time at all outdoors, obviously hydration. Same rules apply for them, even more importantly, is for us. Hydration, yes. plenty of shade, you know, Absolutely. all of those things. Absolutely. If, you, if your dog is used to taking walks, we recommend taking them early in the day or late at night. That's uh, another thing that I hadn't really thought about, but, uh, you know, that, that pavement is very hot it on is their paws. Hot. Yes, it is. Yeah. 
So, yep, in the morning when it's not, it's still pretty warm, but mm-hmm. it's not as hot right. as the middle of the day. And then at, like, dusk. So dawn and dusk are ideal times to take your yeah. dog for a walk if they want to walk. Things to keep in mind as we uh, get through this uh, very uh, hot spell. Yeah. And uh, also want to mention, while we have you both here, uh, Sarah, understand it's a, a big anniversary for the Finley Brewing Company. Yeah, summer is our just overall anniversary time. So interestingly enough, yesterday we reminisced on 10 years of submitting our brewery application. I saw that that online. And funny enough, two days after Barks and Brews will be our fourth year anniversary on East Crawford Street. Wow. Yep. And uh, next uh, month, July, will be our ninth year um, overall as Finley Brewing Company. And imagine, awesome. yeah. Would you have imagined when you started what this would you know grow to be? I had so. I had a vision and I knew that the owners could take it there and I think they're yeah. very, very proud and it's been so cool to be a part of it. And it watch really it has. Grow. And awesome. and I, I, I saw in the uh, the post, you, see, you posted this on uh, social media yesterday about the uh, 10th anniversary. There were only, what, like 40 or 50 breweries at in the time. state of Ohio at that time and now there's, what, 10 times that. Yep. Just last week, I was meeting with a bunch of Ohio craft brewers, and it's official that there's 400 breweries in Ohio. Oh my wow. That is, yeah. uh, that is amazing. Uh, so even more reason to celebrate uh, this yeah. weekend. Uh, now, again, uh, Barks and Brews is happening on Sunday, Sunday. right? Yep. 1130 a.m. to 2.30. We do encourage pre-registration, and you can do that right at finleybrewing.com. You can register uh, one dog with one human, and if you need to register an additional dog, it's uh, just a little bit extra um, to do that. And uh, if folks are interested in maybe adopting uh, Reese's or yeah. uh, any of the animals at the shelter, how so do they you do can that? they can stop out at four five five zero Fostoria Avenue. That's the shelter. They can submit an application on our website at www.hancockhumanesociety.com, or they can give us a call at four one nine. Four two three one six six four. Reese's is over there going. Yeah. She's like, me. hey, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get the link up on our webpage for more information on all of it. Ladies, thanks very much for dropping by. Thank we appreciate you. it. Thank you. Well, you know, you will occasionally hear these stories in the news about vacationers at an exotic tropical resort that turn up dead of foul play. It is kind of the seedy side of international tourism. Doesn't happen often, but it does happen occasionally. And now that is the subject of a new novel by James Gilbert called Murder at the Olympiad. And James, what inspired this story? Kind of tell us the the backstory here and give us a brief synopsis of this mystery that you lay out in this book. Sure thing. Uh, it takes place in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a, a really interesting resort that uh, is full of Americans and other foreigners. It's, um, it's, it's, it's got three distinct places uh, in the city. One is a, a, a kind of an elegant uh, gated community for uh, tourists who, who don't want to go out in the city in, into the city. Mm-hmm. Then there's an old city. Uh, which is full of uh, native uh, Mexicans. And then there's a place called the Zona Romantica. And I think you can tell from the name that it's an exotic place. Uh, it's, uh, it's full of nightclubs and massage parlors and mm-hmm. bars. And, uh, and it's got a very mixed uh, population, expatriates, uh, uh, tourists, and it's also got a very large uh, gay 
um, community. So uh, I've uh, I, I've spent a lot of time as a tourist in uh, Puerto Vallarta. It's a really interesting place. Yeah. And uh, and uh, one day I was walking in the, in this uh, zona romantica, and I went by a a, a, a a dark staircase, and I looked up, and it said uh, Spartacus Spa, and I thought, you know, I'll bet you anything that's a gay sauna, and I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to write a novel about a murder that takes place hmm. in such a place uh, that concerns. Yeah, uh, an American victim. Yeah, so that, that's the origin of the story. And and there is uh, some truth to the fact that uh, many of these exotic resorts. Now, obviously, we don't want to create any undue panic about uh, these you know types of uh, places. But there is some truth to the fact that many of them, perhaps most of them, are, are located in countries that are not always the safest, and many are very poor countries where you have very wealthy tourists coming in, and they can potentially be a target, and there are uh, areas of these cities that you want to avoid, and so on. So, I mean, it's it's not a big leap to make a story like this believable. Not at all, and uh, not only are they there places that you you might want to avoid, but those same places are places that are intriguing and interesting and fascinating, and uh, you end up going there and, anyway. <laughs> yeah, and 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 the fact that law enforcement and legal system in some of these uh, places is shaky at best. So if something like this were to happen, it's kind of a crapshoot whether or not justice will ever be served and people will ever get answers. Well, that's one of the themes of my story. Uh, the story is really about a the American consul to Puerto Vallarta. Uh, that that's the representative who takes care of lost passports and uh, and you know trouble that tourists run into. Right. And it's a woman, and she uh, she uh, uh, she gets involved uh, because the victim in this murder is an American, mm-hmm. a young American boy. She gets involved in the in trying to solve the murder mystery, and uh, runs immediately into opposition from the hmm. local police, who yeah. who could care less who did it, and just want to be uh, uh, not bothered by anything, and they dislike her, uh, and so uh, the story part of the story is her confrontation with the police and her attempt to to solve a mystery. Uh, in spite of them. Yeah. Uh, now, a little bit about you. This is kind of interesting. You actually, before becoming a novelist, and I think this is the your your fourth fiction book. You, uh, in in a previous career, in a previous life, uh, you were a professor, historian, a writer of textbooks. Talk about making that transition, that leap from recording history to making up mysteries. Well, you know. <clears throat> Um, history and literature uh, are very close. Yeah, <clears throat> because uh, both of them are uh, are novelistic. Uh, history tells a story just in the same way that a a novel tells a story. But um, I, uh, after writing a lot of books in uh, in American history uh, in the twentieth century, <clears throat> I became. Uh, rather frustrated because I couldn't get inside people. You know, you can talk mm-hmm. about events, right? And you can talk about what people say, sure. Uh, their motivations were, but you'd never really get to see the inside. And so I thought, well, if I write fiction, 
I can actually do that. I can I can get inside a character. I can record their thoughts. I can uh, I can uh, uh, recall their most uh, intimate moments, and it's a very new new kind of experience. But yeah. but I will say that that telling a story is what uh, makes history and literature very much the same thing. And I will uh, and I'll add something to that. History is also about mystery. You never really quite know. Uh, what happened exactly, mm-hmm. and so the the historian is a bit of a sleuth just from uh, from the very beginning. So I don't think there was a great transition. Yeah. Now, uh, during the course of of that part of your life, you obviously traveled extensively and all over the uh, the world. This is uh, a story that obviously has an international f- uh, flair. I would imagine that's not by accident either. No, it really isn't. I uh, I love to travel, and I spent a lot of time abroad when I uh, during my career. I had a number of uh, <clears throat> teaching assignments abroad, and I and I think the one thing that you discover when you uh, when you travel, uh, well, maybe two things. You 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 learn a lot about yourself because you're confronted with things that you don't understand, and you have to. Uh, you have to uh, uh, try to figure out what to do. And secondly, you, you really find out a lot about the United States because no matter where you go in the world, uh, people do things differently. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it seems to work out all right. And you wonder, and you go back and you wonder, well, I wonder why we do the kinds of things yeah. we do. That's, so yeah, it, 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 it's, great, it's great to travel. And, and I put some of that in my. Uh, in my novels. Yeah, I, I, that's a, a good point. I mean, we do so many, so many aspects of our lives are just going to go through just because it's the way we've always done it is our habits and, and all of that. When you do uh, go to other parts of the world, you see that it's not always the same elsewhere and kind of maybe put some perspective on, uh, on all of that. Now, this book, uh, Murder at the Olympiad, is actually, uh, actually establishes uh, the uh, uh, a, a series. This is the second in a series, and uh, as you were alluding to earlier, a a strong female detective lead. Tell us a little bit about uh, this creating a series, and and you know where this fits into uh, into that. Well, uh, I, uh, I I wrote the first the first uh, in, book in the series is called Zona Romantica. And uh, it's about a uh, a writer, an American writer, who's kidnapped okay. in uh, in Puerto Vallarta. Uh, and I won't tell you the the plot of it. Uh, it's uh, I, I thought it was an interesting uh, thing to examine. Uh, but but uh, the murder at the Olympiad is the second in the series. I have a third one which will be coming out sometime this year. Okay. Uh, and uh, I, I really. I'm not sure why I chose a woman to be the the uh, detective, except except that it, it it made it it made it more difficult for her, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and and she had more problems. And they, I, I was interested in the problems of somebody trying of an amateur, yeah. trying to solve a mystery. Not only does she run into problems with the Mexican police, who 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 can't? Uh, who, who thinks she's just inter- an inter- interfering old lady? Uh, but uh, she runs into a lot of problems with the ambassador, the American ambassador, hmm. 
who also is pretty cynical and doesn't want to make trouble between Mexico and the United States. Yeah. And so she has to struggle uh, not only to find out who the killer is, Mm -hmm. but she has to uh, confront obstacles from the Mexican police and uh, the American bureaucracy. Yeah. Uh, the book is Murder at the Olympiad, the new novel by James Gilbert. And uh, do you have a website in conjunction with the book we can guide folks to? Uh, absolutely. It's it's called James Gilbert Author, all one word, dot com. Very good. And we will link that up on our webpage as well, so folks can check that out. One to add to your summer reading list, Murder at the Olympiad. James Gilbert, thanks very much for taking the time. Certainly best of luck with the book. I'm delighted. Thank you. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. <laughs> where, where did my button go? There, okay, there we go. Um, some corporate nonsense leading off today's broken news report. Velveeta is teaming up with the beauty brand uh, Nails Incorporated to create a cheese-scented nail polish. (laughs) All right. Uh, Two limited edition nail polishes, a red shade called Finger Food, and a yellow traditional cheese uh a variety called La Dolce Velvita. Uh, they'll cost $15 if you're interested. They are available to order on the Nails Inc. website. The company notes that the so-called cheese scent fades once the polish dries. I would hope so. Oh, my. <laughs> Can you imagine? I wonder if... Uh, I would hope that the cheese scent would, would fade as the polish dries, especially uh, in heat like we've been having this week. Because you know what cheese smells if it's been out in the heat too long. It's... Man. But if you're interested, I'm, I'm sure it'll sell out. I'm sure it will. Speaking of cheese, um, an item here in the broken news, not too far from home. Interstate 80 East in Hubbard, Ohio. Uh, yesterday morning, a tractor trailer full of cheese crackers, um, apparently went up in flames. Uh, the cheese crackers, a total loss. Authorities say the driver was able to remove the trailer from his rig and escape before everything went up in flames. No one was hurt, but the cheese crackers, a total loss. (laughs) I, I uh, feel for the reporters who had to. You know, report on that as a legitimate story. A tractor trailer full of cheese crackers, a total loss after an accident on I-80 this morning. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this also not too far from home. The mystery of a well-constructed below-ground bunker found in a Michigan State game preserve has been solved. Now, think about this. You come across, apparently, uh, someone had stumbled across this well-built, below-ground bunker in a remote part of a Michigan State game preserve and contacted the Department of Homeland Security, the FBI, Michigan State Police. You know, if you see something, say something. 
and uh, they're you know thinking that uh, maybe uh, you know it was I don't know. Apparently, a 15, 15 by fifteen foot dugout. Um, the uh, they were thinking maybe it was built by a militia group or, or something, someone who was planning some sort of nefarious event. Um, as it turns out, it was just a bunch of teenagers who created Clubhouse. <laughs> bunch of teenagers just built themselves a clubhouse. Uh, turns out that the uh, boy. Uh, whose bright idea it was to to build this thing, and his friends were responsible. His mother called authorities to clear things up after seeing the bunker on the news. <laughs> the Department of Natural Resources says they don't expect any charges to be filed. However, cutting down trees, digging holes, and leaving sandbags on state land is all illegal, so the boys will be expected to fill in the hole and restore the area. <laughs> But at least it wasn't some militia group or some terrorist organization, something like that. So <laughs> it's all swell that ends well there. Uh, let's see. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news here this morning. Uh, this is one of those things when maybe you thought it was your lucky day. The guy who walked into a TD Bank branch in Midtown Manhattan and uh, found that the drawers of the ATM had been left open. You know, where they open up the ATM to, you know, put money in it so it can dispense the, the cash, and all of the doors have been left open. So what did he do? He ran outside, came back in with a big plastic bag to load up on all the loot. <laughs> Made off with $200,000 thinking, hey, it's my lucky day. Uh, but what he probably didn't realize is that uh, the ATMs have cameras. <laughs> so the whole thing was caught on tape. The uh, suspect is uh, uh, fled the scene. No arrests have been made, but they have a pretty good description of the guy. So they're on the lookout. <laughs> and uh, whoever it was, the bank employee who left the ATM unlocked... Probably looking for another job, I would imagine. This is my lucky day! Customer at an Oklahoma fast food restaurant got more than he ordered for, or more than he bargained for in the drive-thru. Police say an employee was dealing drugs out of the restaurant and accidentally put a bag of methamphetamine in the wrong bag of fast food. <laughs> drive-thru. <laughs> Oops! Uh, Bryce Francis was uh, later arrested on numerous charges... Um, <laughs> police uh, posted on Facebook that whoever was supposed to receive the drugs that their order is now waiting for them at the local police department. <laughs> uh, and finally, in the broken news this morning, speaking of restaurants, did you happen to see this? I saw this story online yesterday. A giant floating restaurant in Hong Kong that is... A local landmark, it's hosted celebrities, presidents, even Queen Elizabeth. This huge floating restaurant in Hong Kong now lying at the bottom of the South China Sea. <laughs> the, the company that owns the Jumbo Kingdom restaurant said on Monday that the three-story vessel capsized over the weekend as it was being towed to an undisclosed shipyard. The company's statement said that the boat went down in waters more than 
3,000 feet deep after meeting with adverse weather conditions. Fortunately, no one was injured. Some of the luminaries who visited the Jumbo Kingdom include former President Jimmy Carter, Hollywood star Tom Cruise, even Queen Elizabeth. And it is now at the bottom of the ocean, or bottom of the sea. Oops! There you go! Uh, That is today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less. Of Hancock County Veterans Services, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. The Riverside Civic Concert Series means great music each Wednesday night, along with the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts. WFIN is proud to emcee another season of concerts at the Band Shell at Riverside Park. This week, the season opener with the Fostoria Community Band. Concerts are at 7 p.m. and Sunday morning at 11. We air that week's concert courtesy of Flag City Realtors. Join us on 1330 WFIN, WFIN WFIN.com, and 95.5 FM. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. You remember during the course of the pandemic, Americans who could afford to became very generous tippers. Uh, The general feeling was that uh, a lot of times businesses like restaurants and so on, servers were were struggling very much because of all of the uh, restrictions. And so they needed a little extra help and we were being extra generous where we could. And also recognizing that, uh, you know, they couldn't work from home. They had to be out there kind of risking their health uh, to uh, do their jobs. And there was uh, some of that uh, played into it as well. Um, but as a matter of fact, uh, many Americans were tipping uh, even for things that they might not have done before. They tipped for before, like uh, food takeout and thing. But now that the pandemic has waned, that is no longer the case. A recent survey from creditcards.com found that tipping in several categories has fallen not only to where it was before the pandemic, but even below that in many cases. We're actually worse tippers now than we were before all of this started. The number of people who said that they always tip fell by four percentage points from 77% in 2019 to 73% in 2022. Now, there are a number of reasons for that. They say inflation uh, has made it harder. Uh, We have less extra money to tip because of inflation, a lack of pandemic incentives, and customers also dealing with service disruptions due to industries staffing problems. Uh, so that is affected service. And I mean, it's not nice to, to stiff the server because of uh, poor service, especially when it's beyond his or her control. But a lot of people still do that. Calling all grill masters, summer is here, and as the weather heats up and many of us are heading outside, we're uncovering the grill and starting to get ready for our next cookout. So, uh, joining us this morning with some advice for all of the aspiring grill masters out there is Lodgecast Irons chef uh, Chris Stubblefield from his backyard in Chattanooga, Tennessee. What, uh, Chris, are are some of the... uh, uh, some of the things that uh, uh, people should know uh, in order to be successful in their uh, in their grilling adventure. 
That's a great question, Chris. Um, well, anytime people gather around my grill, um, you know, I want to make sure that we're focusing on the feast. Um, so the food is top of mind um, for me. I, I, I really think that it's important to focus on seasonal vegetables. We've got grilled corn. Um, we've got sweet peppers, steaks. You know, this thing is, is really going to turn out an excellent meal every time you, you cook with it. Mm. Um, it's a spectacular uh, uh, grill. Um, and, and speaking of the grill, that, that's, that's really the, the, the kind of the, – the issue is always, you know, is your heat source going to be reliable? Um, we've got the Sportsman's Pro cast iron grill from Lodge Cast Iron. Um, and, and what I like about it is, uh, you know, there, there's no guesswork. I know, I know I'm going to get a quality cook every single time when I use this grill. So what are some of your uh, most popular kind of your go-to grilling recipes? I mean, I know for a lot of folks, you know, you think of the grill, you're going to throw burgers on the grill, you're going to do brats on the grill. I mean, that's all tried and true. Uh, I'm guessing that you go a little bit beyond that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, you know, and, and my, my son is a man after your own heart. Uh, he would say hot dogs uh, are his favorite. <laughs> but um, if you want to go a step further, um, you know, we've got a uh, char-grilled cheesesteak on mm. our website. Uh, we use skirt steak. It's fantastic. It's super easy to do. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it, it comes together in a snap, and everybody's wowed by it. Um, so that's one of my favorite things on this grill. Um, steaks, of course, um, you know, you're going to get that perfect char. Grill marks are going to look beautiful and on point every time. Um, we've also got jalapeno poppers on this thing. Um, our recipe for jalapeno poppers is spectacular. Got a little bit of pineapple in the cream cheese, bacon wrapped. It's so good. I'm going to sip on a frosty beverage and, and just think about how, how beautiful, uh, you know, it's, it's all, it's all going right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now you mentioned the grill itself obviously is key. You want to have a, a good grill and, uh, yours, the, uh, lodges sportsman's, uh, pro cast iron grill. Um, how does that specifically help take, uh, one's grilling game to the next level as it were? Oh yeah. It's another, another fantastic question. So, so, um, one, it's a cast iron grill. Cast iron retains heat like nothing else. Um, so it takes a lot of energy to heat a grill. Um, well, the cast iron is going to hold on to that heat, and it's not just going to expel it through the grates. Um, so what that's going to do is transfer into your food uh, that Maillard reaction, that caramelization of sugars and amino acids. That's what you. That's what. That's what you know makes you uh, you hungry, right? Brown food tastes better. Um, so one, the fact that it's cast iron, um, and it's going to translate straight into your food with all that flavor. It's a, it's a hibachi grill. We use charcoal. So that's going to add smokiness to it. Um, the grill itself, um, you know, it, we've got an incredible draft system that you can dial in the temperature. If you want to go, uh, open it wide open, um, and, uh, and you're, you're searing over incredibly high heat and you can damper that down, uh, and, and, and lower the heat there. Um, we've also got an, an ash drawer that collects the ash as you're cooking. And basically you can remove the ash door, dump the coals out into an appropriate place. I like to use, uh, you know, a fire pit. Um, but then I'm back to cooking in no time. Um, you know, this grill is made in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee, uh, by Lodge Cast Iron. Um, they've been making heirloom quality cast iron cookware, um, for 125 plus yeah. years. Um, so all of that craftsmanship and know-how is poured into this grill. Um, and you know, it's seasoned and ready for you to make memorable moments with your family. We all know the name. So, uh, uh putting that in your backyard is, uh, going to be, uh, just 
again, bringing that quality uh, outdoors. And this is uh, an, one other thing that we want to mention, um, and, and you kind of touched on this with respect to uh, cleaning out the, the uh, ashes afterwards and, and, and all of that maintenance on a grill, whatever kind of grill that you have. Uh, if you're going to make that investment, you definitely want to uh, make sure that you protect it, clean it up properly, and take care of it. What are some of the uh, tips that we should know about maintaining our grill? Yeah, absolutely. So once you're done cooking, um, you don't want to let your grill cool down. Um, we come, it comes with uh, hook and carry handles. They're steel handles uh, that keep your hands away from the heat. Uh, they're really great. They help you adjust the draft system as well. Uh, but letting it cool down is key. Um, also, disposing of your ash appropriately um, in it. You know, I've got a metal trash can that I take tailgating uh, that that is solely for uh, for. Uh, charcoal ash, mm-hmm. um, but I'll, I can also dump it into uh, into my fire pit. Um, so those are those are key. I'd say then you know you're just going to wash it with hot water and a nylon brush, um, and you'll be back to uh, back to cooking in no time. Just make sure you dry it completely and wipe it with just a little bit of oil, and that's going to maintain your seasoning, which is going to be the naturally non-stick finish uh, that we bake into each one of our uh, beautiful heirloom quality cast iron pieces, especially this grill. Yeah, that's, that is so important because I think sometimes that's the, the part that we overlook or we don't think about, but absolutely want to make sure that we maintain this so that we have it for years uh, and enjoy it for years to come. Again, um, uh, te- uh, Lodgecast Irons chef uh, Chris Stubblefield with us this morning talking about great backyard grilling this summer. Uh, where do we get more information, Chris? Yeah, you can visit us at lodgecastiron.com. We're going to have recipes, tips and tricks, use and care, um, you know, pretty much anything you ever wanted to know and more about cast iron cookware in general, about grilling. Uh, we've got fantastic content in there. Um, we've got a customer service team that just absolutely adores answering, uh, you know, just the most complicated of, of cast iron questions. Uh, so there's nothing they haven't heard before. You can also <laughs> follow us on our social channels. So if you're on it, um, you know, we're there too. Instagram, uh, you know, Facebook, we're on, uh, on TikTok. Uh, you know, we've got a great content coming through there all the time, um, and it's just a, a great resource and a place for inspiration as well. We will check out those recipes and link all of that stuff up at our webpage, uh, too. Go to goodmornings.net. Chris Stubblefield, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Once again, a reminder, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, and that, of course, is goodmornings.net. You can also connect with us on social media, sign up for our daily email newsletter and more. Again, goodmornings.net for all of that. Till tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.